Hello and welcome to episode 95 of First Geek 411. I'm your host this week, Chris Nicolay, and joining me... I don't think I was going to do something special, but I just skipped my head. Cam Cam, Cameron Franklin. Why, hello there. I'm going to take your heart as my really cool Persona 5 shirt says. Oh, take it. It's all yours. But how have you been? Been good. It's been a long time since we've done like a normal episode. It's been yeah. like a month. Because we did, so. two weeks ago, we did our our full review of the War of the Spark set. Um, mm-hmm. And then last weekend, we saw Endgame. Yeah, we had our, we yeah, our we had spoiler cast. And then the week before yep. that, Deanna and I were on doing our Star Wars Celebration recap. And so, yeah, so Dang. it's been a while. But we are back, so we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're going to let some of the smaller things fall off since we've last talked. But there's still a lot of big mm-hmm. things, so we'll probably be talking for a bit. Yep. Yep. But before we do that, be sure you like and follow us wherever we are on social media, which is One Geek 411 on Facebook, Twitter. And we also have a PlayStation community, if that's where you game. You can always email us any thoughts, ideas, comments criticisms to one st geek 411 at gmail.com be sure to rate and subscribe to us wherever you listen to us whether it be spotify stitcher itunes google Podcasts, podcast addict podcast republic podcast jeans i don't know i just made that one up um and always you can check out our show notes on our website one geek 411.com yeah yeah but yeah and so We'll go ahead and jump into it. This week we will be discussing a Windows game that was recently inducted into the World Video World Video Game Hall of Fame, which is actually very fitting for this episode number, just saying. Um, what was the ironic introduction to the latest MCU trailer? If you guys haven't checked that out yet, you probably check that out because I'm really excited to talk about the trailer in general. And we also will be discussing a gaming company that has ha- that had employees walk out today in protest. Yep. Looking over these show notes, we were talking about this before the cast. We have some really high highs in terms of like really cool things to talk about. And then we have some kind of low lows in the sense of like some stuff's gone on. That's like, ah, people. There's some like very serious things to talk about, but we've got some things to break it up. So we're not just talking about everything wrong with geek culture right now. I don't know. I'm excited. But, before we do that, let's go ahead and Cameron and I are going to discuss a little bit what's been going on with us. What's our favorite thing from the past yeah. week? So this past weekend, um, Deanna and I went to Fan Expo Dallas. Um, she worked at the Rebel Legion booth for a little bit, and I just kind of walked the floor and hung out. I went to a My Hero Academia panel where they brought out like eight or nine people from the voice cast um, and had them do like live dubbing over some scenes from the show. The American yes, voice cast. American voice say. cast. Good clarification. And so it was really cool. They had like, like I said, like nine or ten people on stage. It was apparently the largest My Hero voice cast um, panel ever done. Um, and it was really cool. It was great to see them kind of actually like do voice acting um, versus just kind of like talking in the voices or talking about it. That they, um, it was really cool to kind of hear their insights too. Um, but it was kind of it was really cool to kind of hear them 
and then get like get to see them work really hard and how like doing voice acting isn't just reading from a script. And I think sometimes like it what? has that expectation. And so it was really cool to actually see them like be like trying to do it as well as they could. And, um, and it was really fun. Um, I posted the videos on my, my personal Facebook for people that, that follow me there and want to go check it out. Other than that, met up with some of my, co- or one of my coworkers. Um, we just kind of walked the floor and bought a lot of stuff. Like I said, I got a really cool persona five shirt it has Joker on it and says, take your heart. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty happy. There's not always a ton of persona stuff, which makes me sad, but I found a cool shirt. So I right. had to grab it. Oh, you found, you found, you found yep. the one. They had an Arsene figure <laughs> That's who thing. is Joker's persona and it was $250. And I was like, that's not a thing. Why not? That's, I did not like it. $250 <laughs> worth. It's like, give me a little bit of a discount. I'd pay 200 yeah. for it, not 250 I'd pay I'm like 30 <laughs> <laughs> like Speaking 30. of which, I did find an Elspeth pop figure finally. I've been looking for one for a while. But because they're like five years old, they're kind of hard to find. And it's not like a rare yeah, pop. The, the magic but... ones. I would love them to do some new pop figures for like War of the Spark, War yeah. of the Spark set, like bring in some like the obscure Planeswalkers as uh, as pop figures. I'd be excited for that. I'd definitely buy like a, I don't know. I really want a Narset yeah. figure now though, if they have one. Uh, I really hope they bring back Magic but, Pops, but from yeah, so Fan Expo, sure really cool. Will. We're gonna have a little bit of con talk for our top three um, at the as we prep for next week's top three. I guess is the way to say that. Um. But yeah, so Fan Expo, tons of fun. Chris, what have you been up nice. to? Um, not nearly anything as cool. Um, so last week you and I did. So I opened a. Obviously, you guys know, I went to. Um, pre-release <laughs> for War of the Spark. I also bought a box so I could get that Tez. Mm-hmm. Um, this val this set has so much value. Like, I got like my value in cards was really nice. good <laughs> like i've probably you know i in the pre-release boxes and buying a box probably spent about 200 bucks mm-hmm. i got probably three four hundred dollars worth yeah. of cards between them yeah, we're um good. the set was just a lot of fun also our prefer- midnight pre-release had 38 people so we were supposed to play six rounds that's a lot that is a lot of people, and that's a lot of rounds when you're starting at right. midnight. We played five. It was 5.30 in the morning, and called it yeah. because we had one undefeated player, and we're like, you you could win. We The only point of moving on from there is really to see if there was going to be, like, to really hammer out who's second, third, right. and fourth. And I was like, I'm good. No, I'm tired. It's not. Yeah. Time. Especially because I was going to end game the next morning at 920 again. Um, but yeah, it, that was a lot of fun. Um, Cameron and I sat down um, last Wednesday and we played some Commander. We haven't done that in a while. Um, it's been a long time. Especially since like we played some when you were down for my wedding. Right. But we played, we, you used my decks. Right. And so it was this, this was the first time I've actually gotten to play against one of your decks. And probably a couple of years, probably since PAX East two years ago. Yeah, actually, yeah. Because uh, we played that quick pod uh mm-hmm. with you me and a couple friends and that was fun yep cameron spanked us there too couldn't deal with his i don't Atraxa deck at the time which also nice about the set is there's a lot more answers for pl- super friends decks 
mm-hmm. but also like like a lot of utility. So it's not like it's completely shifting mm-hmm. the meta away from like Super Friends right. decks being inconvenient, but still cool. Yeah, um, they're giving a lot of cool stuff. I like it a lot. Even tacking on Planeswalker as an effect, like creature or Planeswalker, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. I also played pre-release. Um, we played. <laughs> my shop was not insane. Um, and did not try to do a six round. We did four. Um, I ended up going three one. Um, and they did payout based on wins. But the person that beat me, um, apparently doesn't collect cards. They just play pre-releases, and so they gave me all of their packs. And so I paid thirty bucks and got thirteen magic packs, which is that's a very that's good dumb. rate. Yep, I got like a third of a box for so less than a third of the price. Yeah, <laughs> the way ours does is that when you rent as the winner of a round, you get a pack. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have that price support, and then at the end of the night, well, actually, it's kind of different because they do it for the whole weekend now. Um, hmm. kind of thing, just so it's a little more. I don't know what I didn't completely understand it. But like your their rankings are based following it for the other pre-releases you play too. Um, and then it's like an overall ranking for the weekend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was insane. It was fun. It was crazy. But I like it. So that's really cool. Everybody should go back and listen to our top 10 cards because we had a blast talking about it. Yeah, there's some really good cards in the set. Like there's some. Yeah, there's some YouTubers, magic YouTubers, that did a top 50 because they couldn't really narrow down their list. I mean, I guess, like, technically, we do a top 20. I mean, true. Like, but between like, us and, like, we could probably, I mean, like I, like we talked about in the episode, my list was 19 cards. Before. Yep. Initially. And so, like, you know, we probably could hit a 50 if we really there's wanted just to. That's a lot happening. That's a lot. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and we will jump into our new segments this week, um, starting off. With our in our first question, I guess, what Windows game was just inducted into the World Video Game Hall of Fame? Pinball. Nope. Um, Minesweeper. Nope. Solitaire. Yep. Really? Windows Solitaire. <laughs> Which, like I said, 95 is a good episode for this announcement <laughs> because Windows 95 was the introduction of Microsoft Solitaire. And has recently joined the World Video Game Hall of Fame, joining game other games like Doom, Tetris, Pokemon, and Legend of Zelda, um, hmm. and lots of other games. But it's just it's just funny. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I guess never mind. So it actually was Solitaire was first bundled with Windows 3.0, even. Hmm. So it's even older than I expected. Um, and then until Windows 8.1, it has been bundled with the base operating system since then, and then went away um, from the base operating system with Windows 10, but has since then returned. Hmm. Yeah, I played a lot of Windows Solitaire because yep. why not? Also with the, the different card backgrounds you can get. Well, there's only like yeah, four, I played a ton of that too. I, I'm pretty sure if you didn't use the Castle on the Hill background, you weren't cool you're a literal monster yeah you're just like what are you doing um change that up if i want a regular card backs i'd pull out a regular deck i don't know i'm just joking Mm -hmm. um but yeah just a super random game um very simple game to be introduced um to the world uh gaming fame thing yeah i don't know lost words um kind of funny 
just random and then yeah on us also really cool news um we have we haven't you know we are we are playstation fans but we haven't had a chance to really sit down and talk about next generation of gaming Mm -hmm. so yeah this was one of those announcements that happened like legitimately like three weeks ago and we just since we haven't recorded a news app we just haven't had time to talk yeah and so it was Mark Cerny, I believe, sat down with um, Wired and like started discussing the hardware side of what the PS5, well, the rumor, well, it's not named PS5 yet, but we're going to call it PS5. Yeah, it, we um, just know it's next-gen PlayStation. Yeah. It's really all we need to know. Um, and yeah, it's kind of looking crazy. I mean, the the goals for this new console, you know, in the next couple years, um are going to be 8K graphics, mm-hmm. which and it, with the PS4 Pro barely doing kind of like 4K, I wonder like what the exact specs will be for 8K. Granted, that's also like everyone needs to buy new TVs again. Yay. Um, I never bought a 4K TV. So exactly. I'm set. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to buy 4K with the next generation. It's just going to run super nice on at 4K. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, it's going to feature ray tracing, which for those who don't know, it's a um, graphics processing process. Um, that's recently introduced in the GT or sorry RTX 20 uh, lineup of uh, Nvidia's graphics cards. Also, it's going to be featured in other um, graphics processors um, coming. Um, going to be launched with solid state drives um, for hardware for you know fast um, stable storage and PS4 backwards compatibility. Yep, that, that's you. that's big. Like not needing to like necessarily get the new collections and upreses when the generation shifts will be pretty nice. Right. Um, you historically, can trade your PS4 now for yep. the PS5 because you're going to be able to play across all of them. Right. I think this is really important, not just because historically we haven't had it, but because of the success of the PS4. Mm-hmm. You almost need to do this because it still it allows the incentive of people to upgrade. Right. It's something that was lacking with the PS3 when it lost um, backwards compatibility. Um, also, the launch price of the PS3 at the time was yeah a little ridiculous. Um, and this is, I mean, this is something that Xbox has been doing very well. Um, that PlayStation, especially because they chose to do cell processors for PS3. That kind of makes it rough to do backwards compatibility with PS3, but it's definitely something that Microsoft has done well and hopefully will be something good that we see going forward. And it's backwards compatibility is one of those like features that a lot of people say they want, but apparently mathematically not very many people use, but I'm really excited that hopefully as we move more towards hardware being more lifetime rather than generational mm-hmm. when it comes to heart to um, consoles similar to PCs. Um, we'll have a bit more of this where we just have good tech and it can handle the up res and whatever it needs to do. And it, things won't look as pretty, but right. I, they still exist. I'm really excited for this because it means I can upgrade right away and not have to get, keep my old console and swap back and forth because of my PS4 mm-hmm. backlog that's growing and not getting anywhere because I, don't play a lot of video games as much as I would like. Um, but we also did get, they did discuss some of the actual hardware specs behind it. Um, so the PS5 is supposed to be running on an eight core, eight core CPU, which is going to be based on uh, AMD Ryzen's 
um, chipset. Um, this is super cool. So it's essentially, they are essentially releasing just PCs anymore, um, mm -hmm. is what this kind of points to. Um, and it's going to be, yeah, so this will be, well, we'll see. We don't know what Microsoft has in store, but th so far, this is the first um, console that will have ray tracing graphics um, support. And yeah, it's going to be exciting. They did some testing. Um, so they took uh, fast track, they took uh, Spider-Man and they did some fast traveling tests. So 15 second fast travel on the PS4. Um, and then with PS5 hardware hardware kind of dev kits, um, 0.8 seconds. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's always going to be a combination of your hard drive speed as well as the processing speeds. Um, physical hard drives are typically going to be slower, but now with solid state drives, you're going to see that bump up. Um, whether or not that's important to you is a whole other thing. Um, but it will be it will be nice. Um, expecting a 2020 launch. Yep. And I think if the listeners go back, that is what I called. Like a year Probably. ago or something I mean, like that. It's what made I mean, sense. Timing wise, so. it just made sense. I mean, we are approaching, you know, the PS4 is kind of aging. Um, I've always been, as we were just discussing, I'm a fan of moving away from console generations into more of a home-based PC kind of console um, system where you can upgrade the console, but you don't have to yeah. change everything. Um, we were kind of, this was kind of, like kind of where we saw consoles going with the PS4 Pro announcement um, to allow for better graphics in the same generational area. Um, and as we mentioned, this is kind of where we're kind of seeing this um, move um, with maybe you just can't play certain games on older, on the older generation, but your current generation will be able to play everything. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Also, as we have mentioned, um, this is kind of, we're going to see more. Um, we don't have the official release date, but we should see more because Sony is planning um, kind of their own direct, like kind of what Nintendo mm -hmm. does with their directs. Um, Sony is breaking away from E3 this year to host their own event. And that's where this kind of, we're expecting to see a lot more about the PS5 right. or, or maybe official name um, right. regarding the new PlayStation generation. Super exciting. Super stoked about this. Um, and yeah, but on to kind of our serious news, our discussion, um, for the segment is, well, I actually have another thing to add to because I have the article up here, but I forgot to add it to the notes, but first things first, we'll discuss the 150 employees that walked out to protest the gaming environment at this company and that company. It's right. Games. Yep. Typical. The makers of league of legends and mechs versus minions. Just got to always throw mechs versus minions in there because that is technically the plural of games. Riot games. Yep. Because um, that's the only two things they've done. Um, and so we have, as the public, have known for quite a while about the toxic environment um, mm -hmm. at Riot Games. Um, it seems to be very like um, bro culture kind of thing um, with a lot of sexist jokes and remarks and things like that. And, um, and one of the biggest things I think we've recently found out is that the employees agreed when they signed their contracts to work there, they agreed that they couldn't see the company and that they would go into forced 
um, arbitration. It's what we call like, it's where you have to essentially settle. Like even when you have disputes at work that are legal issues, Mm -hmm. you have to take it through their arbitration first, which can result in you not giving, being able to press charges against an employee for actual crimes, which is also a problem. Um, Just the way it's all set up. It's, you know, this is something that we have been following for a while. Um, which is surprising because like Kotaku has done a wonderful job at reporting on um, Mm -hmm. the problems at League of Legends. Um, They have taken steps forward um, in hiring certain positions to try to to keep the company, to move the company in a better direction culture-wise. Right now we're kind of seeing like maybe that was just a ruse to you know, appearance sake, we're going to hire, put someone in this position, but maybe not actually make the changes we need to. I'm sure it's also Um, a lot of work. Like if it's something that is as, what seems to be as systemic of an issue of what we've heard. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like just hiring somebody, like it's not like they can just instantly come in and bam, it's fixed. And so maybe that, I mean, I I don't want to say who organized the walkout or whatever, but maybe that even something like this is a part of that culture shifting. Is it's one of those things that it's well, the things need to happen as a way to to in air quotes force change, and so yeah. So, but I mean, this is really cool to see like as many people do it. Um, the goal really is to see to get Riot to end um, all any forced arbitration on past, current, future employees. That would include contractors. Um, the contractors are a little different. I would definitely say. Um, saying you can't sue us because you contract with us you can stop working for them because you're a contractor um just because you're not getting like the benefits from the company Mm -hmm. necessarily um but you know it's it's cool like also this is also a good sign that maybe the people they put in the to those positions are doing a good job at getting the culture to change in the right direction when you see 150 employees Granted, I don't know how large Riot is. I think I saw um, there about 4,000. 4,000? So maybe that's not enough people walking out. Right. But saying. I mean, it's um, one of those things, though, too. Like, regardless of the number of employees, this is, was a big enough deal to make news. And that's really what they're trying to right. do. Them walking, like, unless it was legitimately like the whole company, the number of people walking out really doesn't matter. What matters is the media knows about it. And so ideally we, in a way that remembers that there are humans behind this, like can try to hold this company accountable for treating people right. And I think that that's like, this is one of those issues where it becomes very easy for people to just kind of like bash and like, especially when we as online cultures deal with very much struggling to remember that people are human on both sides. What? Um, I definitely think that this is one of those times where we can try to get mm. behind supporting the people that make the games that, that we play and love. And so, and try to do that in a respectful, but in a respectful way, but that still holds the people in charge accountable. Yep. Which is, that's always the hard part because like, like, especially like what's so cool about this is we've, we've seen so much because of the good reporting from certain people in Kotaku and a lot of the things. This is kind of like the first real in-depth of a 
gaming company we've kind of seen because mm-hmm. I feel like most gaming companies will just hold a lot of things close to their hands, like close to their chest. But as a result of that, like their culture may be a little less. And also like their games aren't as necessarily based in online culture um, as say League of Legends and whatever the other mm-hmm. the, the, the S in games is. Uh, <laughs> um, but I know like in interviews like um resulting in this you know people believe like employees do feel that uh riot is doing a lot to move the company in a better direction um and but like you know there's still things going on Mm -hmm. um and hopefully they can get things up and like i think this is a good model for us to look at as other new game companies launch and or become bigger and hopefully do better but i definitely agree with you but i don't think people who disagree with me are human just saying mm-hmm. i'm just kidding um obviously <laughs> i hope you guys get that um in all their like kind of politics news and gamings um the life is strange to creators um interviewed with uh regarding um politics and games um and they kind of explained why they won't shy away from incorporating politics into mm-hmm. their games um and in one quote they say we have a responsibility to address the topics in a very careful way um but they're they're not like kind of like depending on your storytelling and type of game that you are creating you know they and especially with their types of games they are story based they are character driven and um kind of they they really do address very very um controversial issues at times um but i think they do it in a really good way if you've never played the life is strange games before um but yeah i don't like specifically follow life is strange like it's it's not a series i just overly got into um and i like i've Mm -hmm. heard amazing things both from you and from other people one of the things that I think has always been weird about this is when people are like, they trumpet keeping, you should keep the politics out of blank. Um, that always seems weird to me because it's, it's not like games or comic books or movies or actual like novels. Like it's not like they've been like not about politics before. Like that's legitimately one of the major things that they're about is culture and what all is going on in the world. And so I, right. I, I've just kind of always thought that that wasn't, interesting conversation and that it's i think for a lot of people it's the fact that a lot of people like myself um tend to not understand that not talking about something is still having politics um like avoiding a conversation that's awkward can still be a political statement i know like churches this gets brought up before a lot when something happens um in certain subcultures, whether it be about race or class or economic status, which would be, I guess, class. Um, but like when those things happen and it's like, well, if y'all you're, if you don't talk about that from the pulpit, like not that it needs to be a huge sermon, like the whole focus, but not acknowledging and praying for hurt of other people that are different from you is a political statement. Right. And I think that that, like, like I said, whenever I see these things, I just kind of get, I think it's always really funny that people think it's possible to keep it out. Right. And like, I mean, like doing it in a 
necessarily like it's i mean there's an approach right like you have to analyze how they're doing it like are they building the game entirely around their political views no what they're doing is they're writing characters they're making characters and guess what as people mm-hmm. in a democratic society we are affected by the politics around us um and when you're writing characters they're going to be affected about the politics within right. the universe or game you create um and if you are trying to make that character relatable you have to make that political system as closely to right. what you perceive to be the way you interact with it as possible and um i mean and in storytelling it's it's an important thing even if you don't agree with it it should make you think about those politics in a different mm-hmm. light um it's kind of like how we um on our podcast we talk about sabrina the chilling adventures of sabrina despite it having very you know darker themes and but it's important because it invokes thought regarding yeah. your faith and regarding religion as a whole um those are important conversations conversation is important than taking an ideological mm-hmm. stance um yeah a hard right. ideological stance i should say i got you like your ideology is not bad but if you're not willing to actually have a conversation regarding those who don't agree with mm-hmm. it you're not going to get anywhere um but yeah so that is video games news this week guys so big things again um ps5 super excited hopefully we'll get a little more later this year but don't expect a release date till next year um but and then kind of cool things well not really cool but important things that are happening that show that we are human happening in the video game world is always exciting and that's what we are here for um but with that let's go ahead and move on to movies tv and entertainment today Yesterday? Today. This is just today, right? Yeah, this launched this morning. We got a new trailer that started off with a certain ironic introduction. So the latest trailer we got for MCU is Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the MCU movie that takes place directly after Endgame. And um, people can go and listen to our spoiler cast with the ladies from Faith Trust and Pixie Dust um, if they would like. Um, Great movie. We'll talk a bit more about it later on. But... Um, one of the things that was great about the trailer is that it starts with Tom Holland kind of giving a discussion of, hey, this trailer has spoilers for Endgame. So if you don't want to see spoilers, you shouldn't watch the trailer. And the reason that that's ironic is because Tom Holland's like leaks everything. By accident, <laughs> he's just he's a nerd. He gets yeah. so overexcited and he's participating. But it's really funny because like, obviously we've heard all these stories about like all the ways the directors and writers have to go about keeping him from even to, like right. knowing the plot of the movie he's starring in to keep from spoiling it. Um, but this was a very exciting. Also, yeah, if you haven't, we are going to be discussing this trailer now. Yeah. So you might want to skip ahead a few minutes if you have yeah. not. Seen and we won't get heavy into the spoilers, but. There's right. this movie or this trailer goes into them like in games. Right. So um, if this one, like in terms of tone is a lot more emotional um, from the previous one where we're just kind of seeing action mm-hmm. happen. Um, we see him and Nick Fury interact. Um, and, but all in all, he like there, they touch on the distress that, he feels and happy feels, you know, about the loss of 
Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Just spoiler. Yeah, we're, we're we are past the yeah. Russo brothers two weeks, which is what they say is the okay. Uh, fine, perfect. Um, which is the spoiler? Which I mean, like looking at their numbers, like I'm pretty sure, like the vast majority right. of the world has seen it by now. Just saying. Um, but this is one of those but things. Yes, Iron Man has died. Iron Man has He's struggling. Yes. Oh, I, I said, said Spider Man, didn't I? Oh, well. I don't think so. We'll find out in editing. <laughs> but um, Iron Man has officially, like, Tony Stark has passed, or is a void in, in people. Yeah. Everyone's lives, like the major heroes, you know. Um, we get some <laughs> um, wonderful lines in this trailer uh, from Nick Fury, which I'm really just excited. But also, like, it's Spider Man, you know struggling with does he step up to be potential replacement for him or does he kind of go about his life and try to live it which both things i think tony would want from him like if if this is what you feel your path is yeah absolutely use the tech be the hero that i know you can be but if it's not like i'm just happy that you are alive now um yeah it's one of those things we just this is one things i discussed um, specifically in our top three MCU movies at the end of our spoiler cast. One of the things that I think has made some of the best MCU movies is when they don't cheapen the emotional blows. Um, and I talk about that specifically, I think I'm pretty sure with civil war, like one of the great things about civil war is that it kicks off phase three with these big quant consequences to the choices made in that of picking sides. And I'm really happy to see that we as fans are going to get to kind of see that emotion still played out in this movie. That it's not just Mm -hmm. because like like the very the teaser trailer for Far From Home was pretty joyful. It was Spider-Man swinging around, having fun. Sure, there's bad guys, but it's Spider-Man. And so getting to see the tone of this trailer and actually kind of getting to see how that pain weighs on Spider-Man, I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm not looking forward to is the acknowledgement of the split in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure what that really means for timelines. um, Or like, I mean, like I've always, you know, the MCU is a multiverse. Um, We are seeing a character from another alternate universe, I guess. um, In Mysterio Mm -hmm. is usually a villain currently being portrayed as a hero yeah we or at least find out during the movie yeah. um he's at least fighting with spider-man right I, exactly i know one um, of the working theories is that he is using this to his own ends and will attempt to double cross that hopefully nick fury will have seen coming yep it's very it's a very mysterious thing yeah um it's still exciting portrayed by jake gyllenhaal interesting choice mm-hmm. but he looks like he was gonna do great in the part I'm loving the way Mysterio looks. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. Um hopefully we'll see maybe his giant globe head. We will. It's in some of the trailer scenes. Is it? I maybe I yeah. just wasn't paying close enough attention, but Yeah, it's kind of a brief like we see it on in some of the fights. Mm-hmm. But in other so yeah, that is I'm really excited for this. Um again coming when? July? June? Uh, something like that July? it's not that far away right yeah we're, we've literally gotten the past three mcu movies in less than half a year um, yeah, july 2nd july 2nd it's gonna be great super excited 
But also this week, we also got news that Avengers Endgame has officially topped Titanic to become the second top grossing movie of all time after only two weeks in the box office. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. Only being obviously um, number one is still being held by uh, Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, I was trying to remember the director's name. James Cameron? Oh, yeah, James James Cameron. James Cameron, Avatar, because there's another thing called Avatar that we don't believe in. Um, yeah, the movie doesn't exist. Well, yeah. I'm the like, loud guy. Um, but yeah, like, it is, that is a crazy fast happening. Like, it it has to beat out Avatar after, like, reaching two weeks Again, they got another billion in the worldwide box office, currently sitting at two point mm. two billion dollars. Avatar currently sitting at for its worldwide gross at two point eight. And it's just crazy. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. Should have bought some stock in Disney last week. <laughs> um Yeah, that is ah, I'm so excited. Just because Yeah. When the 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 nice thing about this so far too, is that we've seen that the movie still has legs. It's been in the theater for 12 days. Um, and it's still going very strong. And so, um, I would love to see it top avatar. Um, especially for what that means as a whole, for what the MCU has been over the past 11 years. It's a lot of money. They can reinvest in a lot of other things. Um, Disney don't go squandering that money. Mm -hmm. Maybe give some of your employees a raise. Just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. But we're also, there's some weird things also happening in movies and entertainment. Um, so I know Cameron and I have been watching Game of Thrones. I'm sure a lot of you have. There's a lot happening in this season um, with essentially yeah, movie. For, and for this, we'll, we'll, we'll be spoiler free. Right. For this discussion, right. just for people that are tuning in, we're talking about Game of Thrones, but we're going we'll talk about in general things that have happened, um, but we're going to not talk about story. Beats. It's more so just funny things that have happened right. um, that weren't caught or can, can be considered mistakes. Um, the first being um, in last week episode, it was predominantly dark because it's taking place during it's a, this it's a battle at a night. battle at night. That's what else do you need to know? Um and people were complaining about it being so dark and not being able to see to which HBO clap back or the creators. You just don't understand how your TV settings work. Right. Um, it's kind of like the but, blizzard who doesn't have a cell phone. like smartphone. Right. Um, well, for response. me with this, I really think that falls into the category of a lot of people don't actually know about their TV settings. Like they, I definitely feel like a lot of people don't mess with that in the same way that like, Oh, you're familiar with your brightness slider on your phone. But like, I, like I know our TV, we can adjust to different brightnesses, but it's not something that I can like quickly do. I would have to look at the remote and do that. Um, and so I definitely think that while the cause of this is people not doing, like not knowing how their TVs worked, um, I definitely think they should have also included just like a heads up at the beginning of the episode Yeah, and just been like, by the way, this episode takes place at night. It's going to be dark. You may want to adjust your brightness on your TV. Shrug emoji. Something to also know is that there's quick settings on your TV too. Yeah. Um, it's also one of those things like when you're in video games, you know, you get the object, object like at the beginning of a game to adjust your mm-hmm. color sliders and stuff like the gamma um, feed in, in the video game and stuff. Um, it's things like that. But yeah, also I believe a lot of people may have also things like 
um, auto adjustments on, like for energy mm-hmm. saving, that can really screw with you because a lot of TVs have ambient light temp uh, sensors. Um, that as times as as if you're like, I, I know it starts at seven. You know, it's still bright here at seven. Yeah. I don't know about anyone else, but it also starts it starts gradually getting darker and TVs don't pick up on like the subtlety. So it's a sudden change usually mm-hmm. um, uh, in terms of what they're going to try to set the TV to. Some have really good ones. Some don't. Depends on your TV. Um, but yeah, it just kind of cracked me up, but it's also very true. Um, I mean, what they had makes a lot of sense. People really don't understand the settings on their TV. You kind of just plug it in, plug our stuff in. And if the picture comes up, we're happy for the most part. Um, but there's also a lot of subtleties and people don't realize I also like when you're buying a TV, they're picking it based on the pick mm-hmm. best picture. That's still based on the demo mode of that specific right. model. A lot of TVs will look pretty much about the same, no matter what you spent on it. Um, what you, some just require a little more fine tuning in those adjustment settings. Um, but yeah, the other thing that happened was this week. Um, and apparently there is, a Starbucks in Westeros. Yep. Um, or should we say Starkbucks? I've made my stance on to... puns well known. I know. I had to give you a chance to say that. We yeah. haven't said that in a while. But um, again, we're not going to talk about like specifically what's going on when we see it, but there is very clearly a Starbucks cup um, left on the set. Um, and it's really funny. It's led to quite a few really hilarious memes. Like my personal favorite is the Starbucks cup with all of Danny's yes. titles on it. <laughs> Personally, my favorite, like <laughs> what, what bothered me about that particular meme is it was spelt correctly. Yes. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. It's like, that's not how that works. Um, have you ever ordered a drink? I'll say Chris and they will intentionally misspell it. That's their job. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've gotten some funny memes from the past. I mean, there's always funny Game of Thrones memes, but um, the Starbucks cup specifically is really funny. And um, we were talking about it um, as we were having dinner and um, Dan and I were curious if they're going to actually try to edit it out in the version that they leave like on HBO Go. <laughs> like go back and like re-upload the file without the Starbucks cup. But it'd be funny. Uh, like it's, it's a little, I, I don't know so much good stuff mm-hmm. sometimes the whole cult meme culture surrounding a series is what makes it worth watching yeah and, and sometimes it's the reason to not watch like or to not follow yeah, the absolutely. meme culture yep <laughs> exactly. i definitely have my series that that is the case for me um also in other uh kind of a throwback to a previous episode um another thing that's happening is a potential willow tv series maybe coming to <laughs> disney plus just a throwback to one of our mo- must watch movies of the week. That's very um, surprising to me. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Disney, but I mean, what's cool about this is it means Disney's willing to try different things right. um, to support the streaming exclusives, um, hopefully, and trying like obscure things that still have really strong followings and mm-hmm. like to promote, you know, certain fandoms again. And like willow was a great it's a fantasy movie that was actually pretty entertaining i mean it has not necessarily aged all that well um since 1988 um but with this announcement 
Yeah, <laughs> they're just doing of... a lot. Like we're seeing a lot of MCU development, a lot of Star Wars development, and now we're introducing like a more random series. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of excited to see what they do, and also could possibly set up for other remakes of popular series into TV shows like The Sword and the Stone. Um, maybe we'll see a return of the fun, crazy adventures of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series. Um, <laughs> it's just like the early '90s in here. I know it's. It's like all I know is that Disney knows how to capitalize on nostalgia, and we are the probably the most nostalgic generation ever. Um, and yeah, I feel like we missed something in video games, didn't we? No, we didn't. Okay, we're good. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we, yes, we did because we haven't done a new show in three weeks, yeah, so we missed a ton of stuff. Probably but... a ton of stuff. Um, and also, if you guys haven't seen it probably don't watch it just understand it's being changed thank god the creators of sonic after backlash following the official release i mean first trailer have announced that they will be in fact going back through and re-editing sonic um thank you um yeah this is um i want to give a shout out to somebody on twitter give me a sec um this is one of those things that kind of like what I mentioned earlier, where it's, it's very important to be able to, and this is much less serious of course than the riot games thing, but like, um, it's definitely one of those things where just because like people don't like something doesn't mean they should take it up in a bad way with the creators. There's nothing wrong about making your opinion heard. Right. Um, and, um, drew Dixon, um, who's one of the guys over at, um, love thy nerd put up a tweet, Um, And he said, part of me wants to say, I loved the Sonic trailer just to see how many people call me names and or unfollow me. If that's your first reaction, wake up, Neo, the Matrix has you. Um, (laughs) And I loved that tweet. I replied to it from our our podcast account with the some men just want to watch the world burn meme. (laughs) Um, But I think he makes a really good point. Like, and and we talk about it. I like, I'm, I make it clear that I'm on his side in this conversation. Um, But I like, and I haven't heard of it happening to any extreme, but there's been times on the internet where like people have just had to get off social media because of how toxic it is, toxic it is because people can't separate the art from the person that makes it. Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, basically. Um, well, I didn't want to say it, but yes. <laughs> what's also so cool about this is like with this, it's like he've obviously received not just like necessarily straight up negative criticism, but people offered insight in a way yeah. that allows them to move forward in the creative process and saying, Hey, okay we'll we'll change it and that's also what's so cool about this kind of thing i'm also kind of like i'm excited for sonic because of dr robotnik being mm-hmm. portrayed by jim carrey like those are were exciting moments for me in the trailer yeah. and i actually like that made me want to watch it yes sonic looks weird but i was you know i was excited especially and then now this news came out that by the way we can fix it yeah like okay let's see what they got I'm going to give him a chance. Also, one of my favorite memes is because, by the way, guys, Detective Pikachu launches this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we've had a Detective, a, a Pikachu movie, a Sonic movie. What other Nintendo or Smash Brothers characters can we make a movie of? And then can we eventually have a, are we just creating a Nintendoverse? Nintendoverse. So we could have a Smash Brothers movie? I'd be interested. I'd be interested. The most ambitious crossover how, of like all time. Yep, it's going to be completely terrible, but like in terms of like, it's not going to have a plot. Right. Because Smash Brothers doesn't have a plot. 
but it'd be super entertaining um to watch and enjoy um and just be a lot of fun but probably not actually what's happening but also can we talk about how sonic is being created by fast and furious i don't know i don't even creators one of my favorite memes that i saw (laughs) is um drew um jim carrey is gonna need back surgery from having to carry the sonic movie (laughs) i was like oh it's true um but again it's i'm i'm happy to see that they're willing to change the effects on sonic um and overall i I definitely think that the internet's been a bit more kind than they have in the past um when there's been a general we don't like this thing um and i i think part of that's expectation too like we knew with the initial poster that there's going to be some problems with sonic's design um and then you know, from that, you know, they've been listening and they released the first trailer. And it's like, oh, maybe it really is just awkward. And it's like, did you look at him? Um, but yes, uh, all in all, I, I would agree. Um, but I think also the lack of expect expectation allows people to be a lot kinder. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're ruining my childhood because like I had high expectations for this movie versus it's like, well, after that first poster, I really didn't know what to expect. And now I'm really more skeptical yeah. <laughs> as a result of the trailer. Brian Altano over at IGN had a, has a really good opinion piece called um, I trashed the Sonic movie trailer and I already regret it. Um, and it's kind of fun. And it's a very good read. Um, and he kind of calls attention to this whole, like almost like feeling the need to be funny in your like bandwagoning of not liking something, um, which of course there's nothing wrong with not liking something, but it's a very good read. I'll throw it in the show notes. Um, but it's 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 very interesting as somebody who did not like the Sonic trailer either. Um, but uh-huh. it, it's kind of I don't know. I think it's it's hard when I'm sure it's hard for people that have worked very hard on the movie this movie and we as we talked about earlier there are the people behind the thing. Um, right. There is a lot of work into it. Fortunately, they're at a place in mm-hmm. production that they can go back through and try to honor the original designs a little better um but yes i mean like all in all like the effects are really good it's just mostly the character design for sonic isn't yeah most pleasing or accurate um but yeah i'm i i'm i completely agree that we can definitely be really harsh especially when it comes to right things we love or have a strong history with even if we've fallen out of that like place of endearment mm-hmm. with it you know um there's just always a lot of hope for these types of things um also guys hey by the way it's may <laughs> um so that means new stuff coming to amazon hulu and netflix um we're already running long so we're probably not going to jump into that too much here um but we'll go ahead and jump into our dongle news segment. Um, so for those who don't know, Microsoft um, ha- just had their developer conference. Um, this is kind of where they kind of talk about the direction they want to push Microsoft, some of the exciting things they're playing with in terms of development. Um, it's just kind of a very nerdy weekend. Um, some of the things that are kind of coming, it, like some of the news that came out of this um, are 
uh, Microsoft's uh, partnering with the Department of Veterans Affairs, um, providing to, I think, 24 rehab centers uh, their adaptive controllers, the Xbox adaptive mm. controllers, which is super cool. Um, yeah, it allows awesome. those who are like the adaptive controllers are probably one of the coolest things. Um, yeah. There's a lot of adjust at pieces that you can do to allow you to gain uh, more effectively, especially if you have certain disabilities um, as a result of injury or just born with, you know, it's, I, I love the idea of the adaptive controllers um, and they are co doing cool things with this. Um, it's also like Microsoft is doing just weird things with their controllers anyway, like in who they're contracting with, like the military using the Xbox controller as like a submarine controller now. <laughs> um, just funny things. Um, they have also announced that Microsoft Windows 10 is going to be eventually have a full Linux kernel built in. Um, kind of an interesting thing when it, when you think about it from a development standpoint. Um, Linux is one of the most op is an open source operating system where you like, and it's typically actually it's line it's <laughs> command line based, um, but does have uh, GUI interactions um, with it. Um, just kind of weird things that are happening. Um, they've also they also did talk about the reason why they opted to kind of go with a Google-based Google based system for the, the updates to Windows Edge um, and the prospect of bringing Windows Edge to Apple devices. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm very excited for the direction that Windows is going in general, um, kind of moving away from, like, they are embracing all aspects of the use of the, the PC um, they are really moving formats into a different direction. Um, and yeah, it'll be cool. And also introducing a new command line prompt area in the primary thing, which is really important for, um, developers in terms of, you know, writing programs. Um, understanding the command line is a very important thing. Um, I don't know. What else do I got? What else? What else is happening in tech? Um, this week, um, we also, speaking of partnering with Google, Google is also having their I.O. Uh, thing today or this week. So this is where we will get the big major Google announcements. The probably our first look at uh, Android Q. You tell me what dessert starts with a Q, and that's probably what it'll be named. Um <laughs> I thought I had one. I bet it was wafer, which does not start with a Q. Wafer. <laughs> Definitely does not start with a Q. Um, My bad. The potential, <laughs> the new Pixel phones, potentially uh, announcement of those um, coming this week, um, along with the light versions um, for the Pixel 3s, um, potentially. Um, don't know too much about that. Um, new smart home devices likely interactions um we already have a certain announcements like they are working in their android auto format or platform um putting it into a default dark mode um so as to not distract drivers um mm -hmm. probably we also as we mentioned at gdc we got google stadia so we'll probably get more news regarding that um 
and just yeah, yeah. who knows probably more android photo stuff and but i'm hopeful for some still cool an exciting time um i really want to hear more about how that platform is actually going to work like from a stadia yeah, from a consumer side like they've talked about the tech but i'm really curious to how the actual interface is going to be and right. how it's like from our end as consumers it will play out in a day-to-day basis um it definitely felt like their announcement was very targeted at developers which makes a lot of sense because you need developers to get on board but i'm yep. really interested from the other side of it yeah it's i love I, google's personally one of my favorite companies like in general like i feel like they really push that have always been um which is funny starting with like a browser company yeah. or a search engine you know um pushing technology in a very unique direction um playing with the actual implementation of really cool tech um and i think that's something that microsoft is kind of following them into um and i think both of them are doing mm -hmm. great I don't know what Apple's doing anymore, um, but I've made my stance on Apple pretty well known. <laughs> um, but yeah, that this week has been dongle news. Those are some pay if you watch it, pay attention to what Google has in store, especially if you are an Android fan um, like me or just because they control the world. Mm -hmm. Be nice to your Google devices for when they uprise. <laughs> Say please and thank you when you use Google Assistant. Or Alexa, because one day they will rule the and world. Eat all the lunch meat. <laughs> like I, you know, my personal like, I still theorize that Jeff Bezos is not actually the CEO of Amazon. <laughs> just saying, you know, he just does what the computer tells him to do, and it works. Uh, <laughs> um, but with that, we'll go ahead and jump into tangibles or our board game and Magic: The Gathering segment. Um, kind of the sad news this week. Um, Magic the Gathering Hall of Famer and pro player um, Yu Yu Watanabe was disqualified this past week from the Mythic Championship in London um, as he entered the yeah, final he, he would have made top eight. Top eight. Would have made top eight. Um, this was due to certain markings on his Tron deck mm -hmm. cards, um, specifically relating to the yeah. Urza's um, Tron yeah. lands um super sad to hear um from what we've seen like the, the judge made the right call um in this disqualification um it mm -hmm. just looks really bad like obviously he hasn't outright come out right and said yeah i'm sorry um but you know it is just super disappointing yeah. that those markings stood in some um, of what people have been talking about um is that there's and um i forget the name one of his uh, one of his um, teammates got on and talked about it or who is sponsored by the same company, not necessarily teammates has talked about. And is there seems to be this big kind of disjointedness between um, Watanabe as a person um, and these results. Um, and he, um, from what I've seen, Watanabe has not said that the judge made the wrong call, but he seemed, there seems to be some right. side of, those markings weren't there. I don't know what you were looking what I don't know what was wrong. Um, almost as if the cards got um, altered without his knowledge or the sleeves got altered without his knowledge. Right. Um, 
but that's also, we're going to have to wait to see how the wizard's investigation comes down. Right. Um, because that's also makes so, sense yeah, of what you would say if you had marked cards. And so like essentially what Watanabe has said in his like official releases is that the judge made the right decision. Um, but not to the point of saying I marked right. my cards, you know, he's saying it's like, I would never, it's not me. Um, kind of thing and like you know watanabe is probably one of like he became i think three years ago is when he was inducted into the magic the gathering hall of fame um and what kind of effect this Mm -hmm. might have on that um it's 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 a tough time because like you also want to take you want to believe him but there there's just a lot of weird evidence and it's very circumstantial and Mm -hmm. pretty like that's not a coincidence kind of thing. Um, is it possible it was tampered with bef- without his knowledge? Sure. Um, but yeah, again, we won't know more, but this is this is tough. Um, also at the Mythic Championship in London was the official introduction of the London Mulligan. Yep. Well, it's it's how that it's go? still technically not official. Um, like yeah. it's not being spread out like right, I get right. that, but I mean, yeah um it seems to have gone well like um and part of that is what we saw with the people that actually finished in top eight is we actually saw a bunch of decks that people played specifically to beat the decks that would have the biggest or what that were assumed to have the biggest changed with the new mulligan biggest advantage um and i think humans actually took down the whole tournament um which is probably one of the most fair decks in um in magic what and so it's um, possibly one of the biggest actual changes that may have actually mattered the most was that deck lists Republic. Um, and so after round one, I think of modern deck lists were, were made public and that actually makes humans very good because they run meddling mage and can name cards that they are know for sure are in their opponent's decks um, versus just having informed guesses. And so what? that likely had more of an effect on the metagame, but it seems like I the London Mulligan that. wasn't busted. And so. That's good. I mean, I actually, I'm kind of pro the London Mulligan as an idea, mm-hmm. um, especially in constructed formats. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the effect it would necessarily have on a format like commander, which I play, which we play, play predominantly. Um, but in terms of like four card and stuff and, um, or, you know, non-singleton mm-hmm. formats, probably a little more effective. Um, but yeah, so that has been Dongle News this week. Um, we are ready oh, at yeah. our hour mark, so look at us. Um, this week, we will be skipping over our top three list of the week. Um, we will be postponing um, my top three that we proposed <laughs> a month ago um, of our favorite top three intros, whether it be movie mm-hmm. tv show anime you know your favorite intros of all time top three um we will be discussing that in mm-hmm. two weeks and next week we will be instead discussing what are your three favorite things to do or see at a convention and so part of this has to do with the fact that as talked about at the top of the show um i was at fan expo this past weekend and then it also has to do with we're going to be at comic palooza at as of the time that this podcast goes live um and so we'll be at another convention and so this will be our third convention in five weeks punks 
Um, and so it's been a busy five weeks, but it's been a ton of fun. Um, and so, yeah, we want to hear what are your top three favorite things to do or see at conventions. Um, it can be anything that goes on there. Um, and if you want to let us know um, what those things are, you can, of course, hit us up on our social media, which Chris will go over right now. Yep. So our social media, as always, or not going to change anytime soon because that's bad branding, is one geek 411 on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. Our email is 1stgeek411 at gmail.com. That one might change if we ever get like our own like domain email. I don't know. Who knows? Let's make us big. Um, be sure to rate and subscribe to us wherever you listen to us, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I don't think that's what it's called. I, I think it's called <laughs> Apple Podcasts now, though. Is I think it? it's rebranded as Apple Podcasts. I thought that was just a Google. I could be wrong. I don't. I thought it was still just on I iTunes. Know. I don't know. iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You Apple users, let us know which one it is. Um, or Google <laughs> Podcasts. Um, and be sure to check out our very diligently worked on show notes by our Cameron um, at onegeek411.com. That is where you'll also find our sister podcast, Faith, Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust. And be sure to check them out um, as they discuss their very favorite Disney things. Mm-hmm. But Chris, if people wanted to reach us personally, where oh. could they do that? Well, you can do that. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as not so foreign. And I am in those same places as Humar Whittle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love you.